In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. On this third Sunday after Easter, the church is still emphasizing to us the paschal joy that we ought to have. The introit tells us, tells all of the earth to shout with God, to shout with joy to God, and to sing a psalm to his name. The earth is to sing to him of the terribleness of his works in overcoming the enemy. The enemy, of course, is sin and death. All the earth was negatively affected by the corruption and disorder that sin introduced, and so all of it rejoices when sin is vanquished. All sorrow is turned into joy. In the gospel, Jesus gives us a vivid image to illustrate the sorrow of being separated from him and the joy that comes from the resurrection and our reunification. The image is of a woman laboring in childbirth. When the time comes for a woman to go into labor, she is saddened by the intense pain that she will be undergoing. But her sorrow and pain will be surpassed by the profound joy of bringing a child into the world. This image is at the heart of the whole story of man's redemption. It is given to us first in the book of Genesis. After Adam and Eve's sin, the sentence of punishment includes God saying to Eve, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain you will give birth to children. Adam and Eve had interfered with the order of God's creative work by their rebellion. The punishment, then, seems to fit the crime. They rebelled against God, and so nature rebels against them. Their own participation in God's work becomes difficult and painful. Women labor to bring forth new life. Men labor by the sweat of the brow to bring forth the produce of the earth. As already mentioned, the whole earth shares in these consequences. St. Paul says that all creation groans in travail like a woman in labor with longing for release from its bondage to the decay of sin and the revealing of the sons of God. After Genesis, God uses the image of the struggle of woman to give birth to warn Israel of its wickedness and to remind it to repent. When Israel turns from the Lord into idolatry, God reminds them of the garden. The prophet Jeremiah foretells the fall of Israel, saying, I hear a cry as of a woman in labor, a groan as of one bearing her first child, the cry of the daughter of Zion gasping for breath, stretching out her hands and saying, Alas, I am fainting. My life is given over to murderers. But remember that in the garden, God also gave man hope by foretelling a Savior that would be born of a woman. The image of birth, then, is also used in a positive way to give Israel hope that God will deliver them. Isaiah promises Israel, But your dead will live, their bodies will rise, the earth will give birth to her dead. Christ fulfills the hope of Israel and, indeed, of all mankind. He turns our sorrow and misery into intense joy. He takes up his creative work again, and makes of us a new creation. Christ enlightens our minds to know God once again, and by his grace we are born anew into the kingdom of heaven. We become adopted sons and daughters of God, a position that is even higher than the one we were in at the first creation.
We have the joy of real communion with God here and now through the sacraments, especially the Holy Eucharist. Our joy will be only complete in heaven, though. Certainly, we still have sorrow in this life. Christ suffered and died in the work of redemption. Our participation in that work means that we will suffer too. We remain weak and sinful creatures. As St. Peter says in the epistle, our unruly carnal desires war against the soul. Our transformation in grace is a long, slow process, but it is also a sure one if we allow Christ to work in us. He can reorder our desires so that we desire God as our ultimate happiness. Immersing ourselves in the mystery of his passion, death, and resurrection impresses on us the love of God and evokes in us a desire to reciprocate that love. By persevering with Christ, we come to the joy of heaven, which shall never be taken from us.